I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hope you're having a great evening, everyone. Thank you for spending part of it with us. JB Long with DeMarco Farr. A short week for the Rams. They turn it around for week four at Indianapolis. The division-leading Colts. We'll get to them in four-down territory, plus the latest installment of our playoff eliminator game and games around the NFL that matter to the Rams. That's all before we're done tonight on Rams All Access. First, let me say hello to my friend and colleague, DeMarco Farr. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? The heck with the team. Short week for us. Yeah, if, if not for this show, I don't think I'd know what day it was personally oh my god what time thursday did we land? night thankfully what time did we land 3 30 tuesday morning what time did you get in bed fourish um that part i don't remember <laughs> i do remember 6 15 when the kids rolled in though <laughs> absolutely 6 45 yeah it was it was business as as usual but yeah man that's the thing of short weeks uh you play you you wake up you got to get right back into it so uh that's that's damaging coming off a team that might be damaged in the la rams right now I'm damaged. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. salty, man. Yeah, you're still mad? I think I'm more upset now than I was flying home Monday night. Uh, the more you watch it, the more upset you get, right? The more I try to reconcile what happened there. Yeah, it's weird. You know, it's funny, and we got to be fair to everybody. When when we say a guy misses a block, we call that out. If you have a drop, we call that out. Uh, if you miss a gap and, and the, the, the running back gets home and scores, we call that out. Well, I mean, look, play calling wasn't the, the best in Cincinnati. We know this. Um, it was a little weird. It was disjointed. I kept saying in the in the uh, in the headset during the game, um, you can't keep piling up these missed opportunities when you're down close. You've got to find a way to score touchdowns here and extend the lead. And if you let Joe Burrow hang around, sure enough, he's going to wind up beating you. And that's pretty much what happened. How do you handle the play calling stuff? That's always tough for me, right? Like I, I don't have experience as a player, as a quarterback, as an offensive coordinator, as a head coach. It's not my place to criticize, but I also want to be fair to the audience that says, wait a second here. Cincinnati had scored 20 points on offense in the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. They had a quarterback playing on one leg. They were the worst rushing defense in the National Football League. And after six drives, they produced three points. The Rams didn't trail until Mixon's touchdown run deep in the third quarter. Yeah. So why did it look like they were trying to be the Miami Dolphins and put a 70 spot up? That's there? a great question. Uh, you know, look, it, it, it was weird and, you know, running the football. And look, you don't have to be, you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens or, you know, a throwback to the eighties where you're running it every single down, but you have to run to keep the defense off balance. If not, they're going to stop even think you're going to, you're calling run and they're going to just pin their ears back and go. And that's what it started to look like. They got into your cadence. They got into Matthew Stafford's rhythm, and they disrupted him. You have to run to offset that. I think everybody knows that. So when that didn't happen, you played right into their hands. Look, they're at home. The, the crowd got into it. I mean, once the crowd noise became deafening, those pass rushers came alive. Once you lost your left tackle, Trey Hendrickson became a monster, and you couldn't keep him out of your backfield. So the only way to offset that is to run the football effectively, make him slow down, choke it down, put his butt down a little bit, uh, you know, on uh, on his takeoff. You have to make him think a little bit, and that just did not happen. Do you remember the Super Bowl against the Bengals, though, and Sean McVay mic'd up saying, forget this, I'm not going to run it anymore? Yeah. Like they've taken this away? There were shades of that again on Monday, and offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur was not part of that Super Bowl, but he is familiar with the Bengals from his days in the AFC. 
and again on Monday night, he was the one, I think, to address the question of why not hand it off? Why not run the ball most directly? This was uh, at the podium to the media on Wednesday. What we're always going to want to do is still to, to help our pass protection out, still continue to get a run game going, not abandon the run in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's something you always want to do. The thing about what, what Lou does in Cincinnati is they, they don't allow you at times. I mean, they, you'd be, you, you want to stay balanced, but if they're telling you you're not running the ball here, you're not running the ball here based on the pump block type pressures that they're bringing in those situations. And so there was a lot of runs called that unfortunately had to get checked out of it into some passes and some of the results were good and some of them weren't as good. Good, you know, so um, again, you always want to stay balanced, but you're also not going to just go beat your head against the wall if uh, you know if they're saying you're not going to do it. Rams offensive coordinator Mike Lafleur there on the imbalance, only ten handoffs to Kyron Williams, three of which would I say hardly even count. Two were on third and long; they were give up and punt downs. One was in desperation mode along the goal line, actually, when the Rams didn't have a timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was even more imbalanced than that. Are you inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt that Cincinnati took the run away? Or do you think you have to be more obstinate with your running game in a game like that? You know, weird. And I'm thinking maybe it's who they're giving it to versus calling runs. That could be a situation. Um, maybe it's they don't think Kyron Williams is the type of back that can get those tough yards. Um, I, I think that's 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 no knock on him. That's the guy he's always been. And I think he's got to take more advantage of those passes out of the backfield. Matthew Stafford yes. included. He's in this, too. Um, it's not just play calling. He's got to be better. You can't have a quarterback that's playing 10 times faster than everyone else on the field. I'm so glad you said that because that was today's revelation to me. That was my drive-to-work crystallization today. Because I think you would agree, balance for us doesn't mean having an equal amount of handoffs as pass plays. Mm -hmm. It means making the defense defend every blade of grass in every corner of your play sheet, right? Yeah. That's that's delays. That's end-around tosses to Tutu Atwell, which worked. That's jet sweeps to Van Jefferson, which worked. It's the screen game, except for the fact that I think the most unsuccessful, costly design so far offensively for the Rams this year has been throwing it to Kyron Williams. Yeah, out of the backfield in the flat. Yeah. And so that would have been a great game to have your screen game on point, except I think justifiably they've lost confidence in those checkdowns, in those screens to Kyron Williams. Well, that's how he's going to be effective. He's going to run to keep people off balance. I think he's great. Maybe he's not fast enough to make defenses pay if you just hand it to him, but he can make you pay out of the backfield. But Matthew Stafford has to find him in the flat. He's He missed him a few times. And then Kyron has to catch the ball cleanly especially in traffic those ones that bounce off his hands you you just your heart just stops like oh god here we go again it's going to get picked but that's got to be more consistent so if he's going to be your lead back and if this is the style you're going to go with you're going to have to run him as much as you can we know this uh hand it to him traditionally but out of the backfield that's where he's got to make his money and that's what did not happen versus cincinnati he's demarco far i'm jb long this is a week four edition of rams all access here on 710 esp We'll get to the Colts and their first place standing, their dynamic quarterback, and what a contrast he is to the wounded Joe Burrow that the Rams saw on Monday. Wait, uh, which one? Minshew or the other one? No, I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson. Uh, but we'll check in in Indianapolis and get it from uh, a better source than we can offer you. Here's the incongruity that I think is still sticking with me. The way the Rams played that game was as if they couldn't see the forest through the trees and understanding what type of game that was. 
either you're going to play it aggressively because you got to put up points to keep up, which I don't think was the case, or you're going to play it conservatively, which means you're going to throw quick, shy of the sticks, and be willing to punt if you can't break a tackle. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. From a game management standpoint, the Rams kicked a field goal on fourth down from the Bengals' five in the second quarter. The Rams punted on fourth and two from the LA 44 in the second quarter. The Rams on fourth and five with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter down two possessions chose to punt and play defense. So it, it was a punt and play defense mentality in some of the down decisions, the game management decisions, but not in terms of the play-to-play play calling. That's where it sticks with me. You ever see those videos? I think there's one going around where there's, there's this idiot that puts his hand in a tiger cage, and he's messing around, messing around, and the tiger finally grabs his hand and pulls him in. You know what I mean? I mean, we're at the point with our young boys where we say play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Well, you let Joe Burrow hang around. With that crowd, that crowd was so impatient. So you let him hang around, you let him hang around, and you gave him an opportunity to win. Like, you, if you got a guy at match point, you've got to absolutely kill him. If not, they're going to gain momentum by the fact that you can't, mm-hmm. and then they're going to get you, and then mix in scores, and then away you go. So, yeah, look, it's not the end of the world. It's just a short week, so you know we're we're, we're still reeling. But that's what losses like this on Monday night will do to you. You, you carry it over to Friday. So, the one thing you can't do is let Cincinnati beat you twice. So, this was the end of that. We're on to, to Indianapolis. I, I'm guilty of that. This is why <laughs> right. I could never play. Apart yeah. from my utter lack of athletic ability, I'm not mentally tough enough. The Bengals have already beaten me twice. I feel like. On this Thursday, um, but you know when you talk about modeling the way and the yeah. veterans coming through in key moments and um, situational mastery, Tutu doesn't get out of bounds. Tyler Higby doesn't get out of bounds. These Man. are not rookies in, in their first rodeo. Those those things unfortunately cost you a chance to win that game along with everything we've talked about in this first segment. And I fear that this will be a week we look back on in January. Hopefully it doesn't cost the Rams a chance to compete for the playoffs, but it might have taken them out of the division race if there was one to begin with. It might cost them a seed. I mean, they have to go to Philadelphia if they do make the playoffs. Like All those types of things, this was this was the game. This was a pivot point, I think, mm. uh, for the Rams. Now, I will say this. One thing that I like expectations in just three weeks have risen back to the point that we've become accustomed to. It's fun. Like the, yeah. the Rams fan base is once again salty. You're mad. You lost. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I, I don't think like if you had said, hey, you can go beat the Colts and be two and two with Cooper Cup coming back going into the month of October. I think a lot of people would have signed that contract coming out of training. Oh, yeah. Camp. Look, this guy can coach. This team is not what you thought it was going to be. And Matthew Stafford is, is better than advertised or better than what people said he was. So and like you said, that was a winnable game. Think about this, right? If Kyron Williams catches that one in San Fran, you might be three and oh right now. So if, I, if you have a better game in Cincinnati, all the stuff we talked about, and you do that, and you win a winnable game, you might be three and zero at this point right now. Demarco, this is something I'm reluctant to do because none of it excuses losing Monday or being one and two. But I do want to reinforce how small a sample size we're talking about here, mm-hmm. and how the ball doesn't bounce your way on certain snaps, you lose. That's just life in the National Football League. You've had tipped interceptions, like you said, in the last two games. The 49ers fumbled three times. The Rams recovered zero of them. One of them ricocheted off um, the tight end right into the hands of Christian McCaffrey. Unbelievable. Right off of Kittle's thigh pad, right to Christian McCaffrey. 
Evan McPherson's 48-yard field goal the other night gets a friendly kiss off the right upright. It goes through. Two two steps out of bounds, allegedly. I still haven't seen clear and obvious mm-hmm. uh, video evidence that he did. That turns from 7-3. to three. Even Zach Taylor's third-quarter timeout, DeMarco, negated a walk-in touchdown for Tyler Higby. Crazy. Yes. Like I know. That, that's a split second away. That's a that's a coach's 40 time on the sideline, not even one of the players we're talking about. Football's weird, and it's fickle. And like like we said, there's one – you could drive yourself nuts going back on how many times – how many opportunities you had to win that football game. But like we said, it's over. We're on to Indy. I feel like you're coaching me. <laughs> we're <laughs> on to Indy. I feel like you're coaching me. You're going to make me take a commercial break and get on to Anthony Richardson and the Colts, and I love you for it because I need it. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. You go from a one-legged burrow to the next Cam Newton oh boy. in six days' time, or so we think. Four-down territory plus our playoff of the Eliminator, all still to come on this edition of Rams All Access, 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Rams All Access. to Marco Farr and JB Long. Seems like things are trending in a good direction on the Rams injury front, especially on the offensive line. Joe Noteboom, a full participant on Wednesday. Alaric Jackson did not practice with a hamstring at left tackle, but GM Lesneed gave us reason for optimism on Monday. We will hang on to that in the hopes that the Rams can start the same five up front as they go to face the Colts. DeMarco, uh, welcome back to the program. And what a contrast at quarterback. You go from Joe Burrow playing on one good leg, uh, throwing the football more than 40 times, to now Anthony Richardson, who might be the most athletic quarterback in league history, at least as a prospect. He still has to clear the concussion protocol, but it sounds like he's on track. We'll get more from the Colts on that upcoming. Practice Wednesday, didn't he? Yeah, he, he's going to go, probably. Minshew didn't play that bad. Minshew was good. Yeah, he was, uh, that's the good gene shorts. I like that guy. I mean, look, I think the offense functions when he's in it, but with, with Anthony Richardson on the field, I mean, it's dynamic. And the guy's got a cannon. So you're going to have to cover 53 by 100 this week if you're the Rams on defense. I did not realize that rookie starting quarterbacks are one in seven against the Rams in the Aaron Donald era. That checks out, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Do you remember the one though? The one rookie quarterback who had success against him? South Florida is your clue. South Florida. South Florida. Who? You got me. Tua Tunga Vailoa. Oh my gosh. The lone rookie quarterback to win against Aaron's Rams week eight, 2020. 
But Tua didn't do anything in that. That's game. not his fault. Yeah, he that was, was the zero blitz. Twenty-three for <laughs> yeah. ninety-three yards. He did pass for a touchdown, but he also fumbled one, courtesy of Aaron Donald. The Rams lost that day by turning it over four times. Miami won with eight first downs on offense and two non-offensive touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, that was the famous zero blitz Jared Goff week. Correct. Yeah. Oh my God, that was terrible. That was worse than this loss we just had here. Yeah. There were some shades of that where it's like, hey, what are your answers against? You know, a loaded front where they're sending more than you can block. You know, Indy up front is 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 absolutely dynamic. You're talking about the defense now. We can. I yeah. mean, it's it's pretty ferocious. Yeah. I did not expect to see the Colts in first place in this division. This, I think, was supposed to be the first game that the Rams could or maybe even should win. Yeah. When you laid out the first month of the schedule, but man, that despite having a quarterback, a running back, an All-Pro running back, and their center missed time. The Colts are two and one in the top division. Yeah, look, uh, I think they're they're fantastic on defense. I think they're entirely beatable as long as you get back to doing what you do best and you have a Matthew Stafford that plays with the same tempo of everyone else around him. And the things that went wrong on Monday don't happen again. I still think you can beat this defense, but they play up the field, and I love the way they play. Uh, they hit you for a tackle for loss. I think they're one of the top teams in that regard. And then they cap that off by getting to the passer. And they can all get there. And there's this little guy that plays right end. Oh, my gosh. Somebody named Samson Ebukam. He's familiar. Yeah, he looks familiar. Yeah, he's been balling. They got these bumper car ends and DeForest Buckner. I said this on the way in. This will be the best player that Steven Avila has ever played in his life in a game. Outside of the Rams facility. He's yeah, practiced I, against Aaron, but even Aaron can't help you with this guy. This yep. guy's six foot six. It's crazy. So this will be a heck of a matchup. The Colts are second in the league in sacks and forced fumbles. They have a strip sack in all three of their games to start this season. They ball. What would you do if you were Gus Bradley and you were watching that Cincinnati tape? You know, I, I, I just look, I would say they, they, Matthew Stafford is the guy that we have to disrupt. Uh, you have to hope that they have some, uh, some misfortune out of the backfield and drop a few because like we said, if Kyron Williams catches those, you make that defense pay. You set up some first and tens. You can run the football. You may be able to tire them out, but you would think in obvious passing downs, we can get there. That's, that's what I'd be thinking after watching that tape, especially at left tackle if the Rams can't fix that issue there or if they refuse to adjust and chip on that guy or help with a tight end. So if we get these guys in obvious passing downs, we can get the Matthew, Matthew Stafford. That's what I'd be thinking. Meantime, Jonathan Taylor's contract dispute not affecting the Colts. Zach Moss has been sensational, uh, whereas Joe Burrow threw it 49 times last week. The Colts ran it 35 times in an overtime victory at Baltimore. Uh, so you're going to have to tackle not just their back, but probably their quarterback as well. You look at Richardson's combine numbers. I mean, we talked about this postgame in Cincinnati a little bit with MJD. Like He is the most athletic quarterback to come in the league since fill-in-the-blank. I think his first hmm. answer was Lamar. Yeah. Body type Cam Newton. Like he he is a problem in a different way um, than just about anyone else on the Rams schedule this year. Like well, Hurts, don't get me wrong. Yeah. next week will be will be something, but not in the way that this kid is. Well, I mean, look, they, they really put your OLBs, your outside guys, your edge guys, your edge guys on blast. You're going to be on an island. You're going to have to help cut back, which is your job, Michael Hoyt, Byron Young. You're going to have to step down and make plays on running backs that cut back, and you're also going to have to hold your ground and make sure the quarterback doesn't break contain which will be an issue. And that's just half the problem. Even if you're right, you can be wrong with this guy. He can make you miss, and away we go. So, uh, look, if it is to be, it's going to be up to the guys on the outside 
to to have something to say about it. But if they're getting outflanked, then you've almost got no shot against these guys. It's been a while since I've seen a roster like this. The Colts are only carrying four receivers. Yeah. I think it's four receivers, four tight ends, three backs. They, they slant their personnel heavy to the defensive side. Um, not to say that they can't threaten you vertically with former USC Trojan and a product from this area, Michael Pittman Jr., um, but that's just not the focal point of what they do, whereas Cincinnati, I mean, they play three great receivers. Yeah. On every rep. There's no stopping Jamar Chase. I think we saw that. Uh, T. Higgins is a problem. But this is different. Pittman is a problem, and they go to him a lot, and they like to do it off play action. But this is funny. Uh, Akella Witherspoon is playing out of his mind right now. How about that interception? Oh, it's fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, beautiful. It was a game-changing moment, and it was a hell of a play. It wasn't lucky. It was great. It was a great play. So uh, he was actually, when I got off the bus here in L.A., he got off with me. So we talked for a minute and you can tell his confidence is sky high perfect have fun with Pittman. you guys are perfect for each other you're made for each other go shut that guy down be that guy two weeks in a row you are on the map my man i think what demarco's driving out here is that was as contested an interception as you will ever see in football and Pittman is as good a contested catch receiver as there is in the league this I mean, is going to be fun fight you for everything within his catch radius this is crazy um there's two matchups i'm looking forward to the most one of course you know it's aaron and quentin nelson no doubt uh, that that's get your bowl of popcorn and just watch that's Godzilla and King Kong going at it. But that res- that next connection there, Pittman versus uh, Weatherspoon, that's going to be just as fun, especially when the ball's in the air. Hmm. Here's one that I'm looking forward to, and I think it's more than just an undercard this week. Raheem Morris was a finalist for this job. Raheem wow. Morris was very nearly, and maybe you would say should have been, the coach of the Colts this year. They opted to go with Shane Steichen, Philly's offensive coordinator, who now employs Jim Bob Cooter, Colts offensive coordinator. And I get that. Like if you're Jim Ursay and you're planning to draft a quarterback this year like they did, everything tilts offensive-minded, especially when you're in that circumstance. But if I'm Raheem Morris, first of all, I'm glad that he's still a Ram. Second of all, go pitch a shutout. Go show them what they're missing. Absolutely. Right? Go have five. I'm right there with you. I, you know, I love being around Raheem Morris. He's got so much swag. He can talk to just about it. He's like the Sean McVay of defense or – I, I, I just don't want to say defense. He could actually run a football team and be a great head coach. But I like the guy that always looks like he's walking downhill. And I think that's the guy that you're going to have this week. That's because, a great way of putting it. You know what I mean? Like, he is coming to prove a point, And he's coming off a loss in Cincinnati. So, yeah, I mean, they did a lot. And this was great. I mean, not great. But this is what I took from the post game. When you have a head coach that almost apologizes to the defense, mm-hmm. that means they balled out. Yep. That means you didn't help them. So the defense has, they played good enough to win, but no, no one is going to say it. It's a team game, but you have to carry that same mindset into Sunday and thinking we got to do it ourselves. And I bet that's how he's coaching it this week. You know, in late January, early February, it looked like such a convoluted process that you're thinking, man, is that really what we wish for Raheem Morris to go to Indianapolis? Like, I guess the division's kind of open, but they haven't been great. Then you see, uh, you know, the issue with Jonathan Taylor's contract dispute this summer, and you're thinking, man, okay, good for Raheem. Glad he's still here. Mm -hmm. But the way they're playing now, the Colts are actually set up kind of nicely with the Jags teetering a bit even with the contract situation let's see he's got a loaded defense and one of the best athletes at quarterback (laughs) it it does look like if you were to redraft the quarterbacks in the first round the colts wouldn't trade theirs for anybody else no he's going to be something special the only problem is he's already been in the concussion protocol that's one yeah yeah i mean that could damage 
somebody going long term. Yeah, I, li- I like that from the four spot. They swung big. They swung for the fences. I think their GM even said something the effect of, "We had to make this pick because I couldn't live with." seeing this guy blossom into the league's next star for someone else. That's for a good point. For one of the other 31 teams. That's a great way. That's a great reason to, to keep the guy. And he's going to be special. He already is special. And he's a problem. But I, I have to say, I have to keep pointing this out. That offense didn't miss a beat without him. No. I, look, and they fought their butts off. Yeah, I want to see him in person because I think it's a little you yeah. know, NFL history capsule. Could no be. doubt. I don't want to miss the opportunity because we don't see the Colts a whole lot on the Rams schedule. But in terms of what gives the Rams a better chance to win, I think it's facing – look where I started. Oh, yeah. Aaron and this defense against a rookie quarterback. Facing younger people. Yeah, I mean, you saw – you heard Geno Smith's reaction to Aaron. Yeah, He says that wasn't him, by the way. Yeah, look, it looks dangerous and violent from the sideline. Can you imagine if it was three yards from you? Look, I don't, even if it wasn't Geno Fine, but I don't blame him if it was. <laughs> right, 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 right. Mama, you didn't tell me it was going to be like this. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, we'll get the latest on Anthony Richardson and his ability to clear concussion protocol by this Sunday's game. Plus, everything that's going right with the Colts, running the ball well, uh, some ferocious linebackers, and of course, Matt Gay, who we know and love, coming off a NFL record setting performance in an overtime win at Baltimore for the Colts. Four Down Territory is next with our friend J.J. Stankovitz, and then we'll have games that matter across the National Football League and a new installment of our Playoff Eliminator. A lot more in the second half of Rams All Access Week 4 Edition here on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily. I'm J.B. Long, joined by my friend and former colleague, J.J. Stankovitz, who now works in Indianapolis with the Colts. He's been on the program before to help us preview Rams and Colts. Always good to catch up with J.J. Uh, I guess we have to start with what was Notre Dame thinking, playing only 10 defenders on the final sequence against Ohio State. But maybe we'll save that for offline and stay focused on the National Football League, J.J. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, Kyron Williams was not super happy uh, about that over with you guys, and I can assure you Quentin Nelson was uh, not going to be pleased about that here in Indianapolis. There we go. JJ and I used to host a Notre Dame football podcast way back in the day. Good to be with him again <laughs> at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday as the Rams play week four against the first place Indianapolis Colts. All right, let's get into four-down territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Um, JJ, let's start with uh, injuries at quarterback and offensive line. It sounds like Anthony Richardson will be good to go. Center Ryan Kelly, too. Is that accurate? And how about Quentin Nelson with his toe at guard? So for Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly, they both are still in the concussion protocol as we speak on Thursday afternoon, but they've been full participants in practice uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So things would be trending in the direction of them playing, but obviously they still have to clear the concussion protocol which, uh, you know, as you know, and anyone, you know, who follows the NFL knows is never a guarantee when that will happen. As for Quentin Nelson, he's been, the Colts have kind of been holding him back a little bit in practice, uh, with that toe. He, uh, he injured that in week one against the Jaguars, but, uh, while he has not practiced Wednesday and Thursday now each of the last two weeks, 
he was full, a full participant last Friday. I would expect him to do the same thing this Friday and then play again on Sunday against the Rams. J.J. Stankovic with the Colts, kind enough to give us some of his time for four-down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory here on Rams All-Access. How good has Zach Moss been in Jonathan Taylor's absence, and what do you expect to happen next week with J.T.? My goodness, J.B., Zach, Zach Moss has been fantastic. Yeah, I, just, I caught up with DeAndre Smith, the Colts running backs coach today, and, and he told me that the way that Zach Moss runs, just with physicality, he never stops moving, um, it's the way that he wants every one of his running backs to play. Like that's, that's kind of like peach tape stuff, just with the effort that Zach Moss plays with. And, you know, since he entered the Colts starting lineup after Jonathan Taylor got hurt in week 15 of the 2022 season, he's averaging 5.1 yards per carry and he leads the NFL in missed tackles forced. And that's with him also not playing in a game week one against the Jaguars. He missed that game with a forearm injury he sustained in training camp. He's, I mean, he really has been fantastic, an incredible find, a guy who was sort of a, an afterthought here in Indianapolis. The, the Colts got him from the Bills last year, and they traded Naheem Hines, who is a popular player here in Indy, to Buffalo. Um, as for what happens with Jonathan Taylor going forward, you know, he's on PUP. The Colts are expecting him back. That's what Shane Steichen has been saying. But Zach Moss has proven quite a bit to this coaching staff, and I don't know how much you're going to see, you know, by what degrees you're going to see his workload decline uh, if and when Jonathan Taylor returns to this team. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is one of the most accomplished running backs in the NFL, um, you know, and, and he'll get his, his time, you know, if he does get back to the Colts. But right now the Colts are very happy with Zach Moss. The offensive line loves this dude. They they really appreciate the way that he plays, and, and he's earned the trust of his coaching staff. As we've discussed, it feels like the complexion of this game is going to be so much different than what the Rams experienced in Cincinnati on Monday night. All right, let's get to the Colts' defense, J.J. And I saw they blitzed 21 times in Week 3 against Baltimore. That seems like an inordinate amount for a Gus Bradley defense. And the Colts are second in the league in sacks and forced fumbles. How concerned should Matthew Stafford be coming into Lucas Oil? Yeah, I mean, first of all, J.B., the blitzing stuff, that was the most Gus Bradley has blitzed in a single game since 2010. Wow. Week 10 of the 2010 season against the Arizona Cardinals. So you're right about that being an inordinate amount of blitzes, but it's something that he has been able to do now where he's learning more about his personnel. They're in year two with Gus, and he now has the confidence to say, hey, you know what, this game plan calls for us to send heat quite a bit. We can go ahead and do that. Or... This game plan calls for us. We're just going to rush four, like you know the, the Colts did against the Texans back in Week Two. Just hey, rush four, play coverage behind, get after the quarterback, and we trust that defensive line to do their job. Um, that D line has been outstanding this year. JB Quiddy Pay is three sacks in three games. Samson Ebicom, who you guys know in LA, he is off to a really hot start. The speed rushes he's having off the edge have been playing really well with how Quiddy's been using more power. And then DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, maybe the most underrated defensive tackle tandem in the NFL have just been wrecking stuff on the inside. It's tough to run the ball against this Colts defense. Um, it, it's been a really encouraging start, especially for the front seven. And the other guy, I, I, I'm going to ramble on here, but Zaire Franklin, an incredible season he's having. He has 45 tackles so far, and he got challenged in the offseason by Bobby Wagner. Hey, anyone can have one good season. Z set the Colts single-season tackle record in 2022. Well, now he's on pace to set the NFL tackle record wow. through three games, so a guy to keep an eye out for there. 
J.J. Stankovitz is our guest on Four Down Territory. Final question. You mentioned a former Ram there in Samson Abukam. Uh, how cool is Matt Gay more recently? <laughs> I mean, my goodness. The, the game he had against Baltimore, he made four 50-plus yard field goals. That is an NFL record, including the game-tying kick late in the fourth quarter and then the game-winning kick in overtime. And it's funny. We do, uh, we do this little like Colts cam thing where, you know, we set up a little GoPro and a player say something as they're running off the field. And Matt Gay's running off the field. He's getting gassed up by a couple of his teammates. And he goes, you know, snap was good. Hold was good. I just, I, I, I kicked it. You know, it was like, he's basically like, I didn't do anything on that except, I don't know, make the game winning kick. But that's just who this guy is. Like he's, he's a really good teammate. And you guys know in LA, I don't have to explain it to you, the clutch kicks that he's able to make and has proven he can make in the playoffs in key situations in big games. That game in, in Baltimore is about as big as it gets for a September game for a team that's trying to establish a culture, and Matt Gay had a huge hand in it. We'll never be mad at Matt Gay for taking the largest contract ever offered to a place kicker in league history, and we'll never be mad at the Colts for allowing Matt Gay to get to Los Angeles and help the Rams win a Super Bowl in the first place. JJ, looking forward to seeing you in person again in Indianapolis week four this Sunday. Thanks for your time today. All right, absolutely. Same to you, JB. All right, JJ's gone. DeMarco's back to close out Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Hope you're having a great Thursday night, DeMarco Farr. JB, long with you to wrap up Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. We'll get to some games that matter in the NFC West and across the league as you look at the Rams playoff picture in just a moment. But first, DeMarco, I want to ask you to kind of react to what you've seen from Gus Bradley reinventing his Colts defense a little bit. We talked with J.J. Stankovitz in our previous segment about a blitz-heavy approach against Lamar Jackson and the Colts. Now, Gus is known more for his Legion of Boom Seattle days, rush Mm -hmm. with four, play cover three behind it. What would you expect if you're Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford, given that you were blitzed to high heaven in Cincinnati? He's only he's going to stay a step ahead of you, whatever you're not prepared for. But any coordinator is going to have at least a half a dozen blitzes ready to go, just in case. But if you're getting pressure with four, if you're winning on the edge, then that's what you're going to do. But they're going to send something to see if you to test your communication. So I love their linebackers, uh, Franklin, Leonard, and Speed. That sounds like an action movie, doesn't it? It sounds like a law firm. It does, right? <laughs> I mean, they come after you. And look, they, they've just got so many ways to get to you, and they're all good, and you can tell they communicate. So, you know, Gus Bradley is going to – and I would say this. They're going to test you with twists and stunts, especially if you have to reshuffle your offensive line. Sure, if you're not five intact, yeah, they'll and, test you in that way. And send a guy either through or around it to see if your running backs are ready to uh, to protect. So the, the game plan against the Rams is, is this. Get after Matthew Stafford. Stuff the run force the pass, and then get after him. Uh, you may have a chance to knock him down or knock him out. So the Rams are going to have to combat that by running the football or at least getting the screen game going. Indy is alone in first place in the AFC South at 2-1. and one. Last time they had sole possession of that division, Week 8 of 2019. Now they're trying to snap a long home losing streak dating back to last season with the Los Angeles Rams coming to town. All right, tonight in the National Football League, the two and one Lions at the two and one Packers. Oh boy. Yeah. What a way to start. Love it. That's a game that matters. Either way, you kind of take a, a second loss for a potential, what is it, NFC wildcard team out of the North. But the one I've got my eye on is the two and one matchup in the NFC South as well. Bucks at Saints. Is that division starting to thin itself out a little bit? That's another one that could impact the Rams fortunes. Uh, what do you think about Green Bay and Detroit? Are you believing in Jordan Love? Played pretty good. 
came back on them and played pretty good. See, I, I thought at whatever it was, like the third quarter break, there were going to be some serious questions about Love and the Packers, and then he led that comeback, and everything seemed pretty glowing. His accuracy has not been great. His his uh, completion percentage is not what you would expect from a Green Bay Packers quarterback. They've been spoiled, admittedly, but he does make some big-time throws. No he doubt. dug them out of that deficit at home. What, Green Bay, was it three quarterbacks in 32 years? <laughs> yeah, that's right? That's ridiculous, man. <laughs> some teams have had 32 quarterbacks in two years, you know what I mean? And here they are. Yeah, so I am, I guess I'm a fan of Detroit. I, I would take them. And the South, the NFC South, is so hard to figure. It, it's all there for a guy like Baker Mayfield, isn't it? It's it's a mess, which going, means he comes out on top. Going to the Dome to face the Saints, who are coming off that loss in Green Bay, and they have lost their quarterback for a stretch of time. We'll see about Derek Carr's status. Um, elsewhere in the NFC, the 3-0 Eagles, they're going to be a playoff team. We know this. Mm-hmm. Probably best if they hand the Commanders a second loss. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Is that where you are with that I, 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 Look, at Philadelphia, if they stay healthy, they keep everybody upright, then, yeah, they're going to be in it at the end. So, yeah, I think Philadelphia hands the commanders more than just an L. Two NFC West games to keep an eye on this week. The Cardinals are at the Niners. San Francisco a chance to stay undefeated against the Arizona Cardinals, who looked a little spicy against the Dallas Cowboys. You have sealed your fate. You you messed around and you beat Dallas, so now San Francisco is taking you seriously. They've got your full attention. Oh my goodness, yeah. Good luck. And then Monday Night Football. This is an interesting one. Geno Smith goes back to the Meadowlands with the Seahawks to face the Giants, who have been not just hot and cold, they've been a little tepid, like lukewarm, and then pretty cold. Can you connect any like Jets kind of theme from Geno going back there and Zach Wilson kind of stinking it up? You could. Yeah. I mean, why not? You I'm could. trying to call it a revenge game, but it's the wrong team. It's wild that the Jets are in prime time again. Sunday yeah. night football against the Chiefs? Yeah. The some, league is going to have to flex out of that. Somebody's throwing stuff against the wall. They can't yeah. do it here, but down the schedule. Oh, yeah. I mean, the schedule was built around Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. They're hating Achilles wherever, TV stations and people. They're mad right now. No question. Yeah. Um, and then we always keep an eye on the AFC-NFC matchups. At least I do. Uh, here's one. You need the Jags at 1-2 and two to hand the Falcons their second loss. That would be important. <laughs> Uh, are you out on the Jags? Uh, the head scratcher. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not ready to be done with them yet. Not, not in yeah. that division. They'll get certainly. it going. Yeah. Uh, but this would be a good week for them to bounce back from a strange loss to Houston and make sure the Falcons aren't believing gaining momentum. Yeah. yeah. And then can the Patriots go into Jerry World and stun the Cowboys? Probably not. No. After Dallas got their wake up call in Arizona. No. Yeah, the one thing about Dallas is when they lose, they take a beating in the media, right? People love to see them lose, but they always rebound because of that. So, yeah, I think that the best thing that ever happened to them and Dak Prescott was losing to Arizona. I'm telling you, last Sunday's results just made me feel weird going into Monday Night Football <laughs> in a way that was like... I think the Rams are going to win this game. I think the Rams should win this game. But something just tells me that there's no way Burrow and the Bengals are going to go to 0-3. See, it's crazy. You, you, you've you been in this long enough, you can smell it when it's in the air. Something's going on. Something's burning. Something's happening. <laughs> Football is weird right now. Yeah. All right, let's get to our playoff eliminator. And where we left it last week uh, was with the promise that if Carolina lost in Seattle, I would be taking the Panthers. So I'll get there in a moment. But for an audience that might be new, he's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. This is Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. And for the last couple of years, we played this playoff eliminator game where we draft teams that we think are cooked. And the more (laughs) of them that you can accumulate, the better chance you have of winning the game. However, you have to be careful because if you take a team that makes the postseason, Season, boom goes your dynamite, and you are out of the game. Cooked or burnt? Uh, anything. <laughs> it, it all applies. Right. Yeah. 
the sad trombone. Sound. No doubt. Yes. DeMarco so far has Houston, the Texans showing signs of life, mm-hmm. but still that was his first overall pick. The Chicago Bears, the New England Patriots. Those are your three. Houston, Chicago, New England. I so far have Arizona. Look out after the win over the Cowboys, but still feeling good about that. Denver, feel great about that. 70 points. And, oh I, and I promised that I would take 0-3 Carolina if they went to 0-3 against the Seahawks. In Seattle, they did. So this week's pick, give me the Panthers. I'm going to turn out the lights on Carolina. You hate Thomas Brown? What are you doing? Come on no, now. That's no, our no. guy. Look at you. Picking against him. No, you had to. Um, and Evero, too? Evero, yes. Yeah. Come on. All our guys were rooting for him big time, just as long as they don't play us. Uh, I, do I have to pick? You don't have to. We're 3-3. Because three three. i got to admit, short week, that's the one thing I did not... You like, didn't do your homework? Not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. You know what, though? That's, I mean, I could like, uh, I could get to the, uh, the podium and just keep drafting teams. Nice. You know, like okay. when the, when the team that's on the clock is asleep at the wheel, I can yeah. just rack up. So some, you got Carolina. Give me the Giants. Give me the Jets. Give me the Vikings. No, I, I'll, I'll not the play the Jets. game in that way. Oh, wait a minute. You might have, wait a minute now. Hold on. I, I took a week to sleep on the Panthers. Okay. I think you deserve the right. To, to slow play this, we're only three, four weeks in. It's a 17-game, 18-week schedule. But the Jets are looking mighty tasty right they're now still as far there, as Cook. They're still there and about to play the yeah. Swifties. Unless they're about to take on uh, Taylor Swift's army. And get just wiped off the field. I mean, look, do you see any upside in Zach Wilson at all? No. They not at all. See, they don't see any upside in what, Zach Wilson. Then what's, I'm, not, I'm not here to pile on the guy. What's just, your recourse? Why not? It's fun. Uh, Where's your recourse? Yeah, I don't know what you do. Why not Gardner Minshew? He's playing some. He's playing elsewhere. Trade him. Come on. Okay. All right. I can't see that happening. And if you're in the position to trade for Gardner Minshew, your season's over anyway. Ah, yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's I'll a, sleep on it. It's but, a far yeah. cry from having a first ballot Hall of Famer <laughs> trying to get you to where you're trying to go. Oh man, big loss. Yep. Okay, final thoughts on what it's going to take for the Rams to get to 2-2, two and two, which, again, where we started is where I'd like to finish. 2-2 two and two through one month of the season against this schedule, which is the hardest start in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay, ESPN's analytics back that up. Would not be a bad outcome. It just tastes sour right now because you had a chance to be 2-1 and one going to Indy instead of 1-2. and two. I 100% agree with you. Uh, my final point is this. I would take everything that happened on Monday night and play it against the Colts. Just play better, and you'll beat these guys. You would have beat Cincinnati if you played better. Uh, but the last thing I'll say is don't let this game come down to a field goal. Please don't let this game come down to a field goal. Hold on. I'm going to rush to Brett Maher's defense. As long as the Rams are kicking it, I'm fine with it. Okay. I got total confidence. Then don't let it come down to them I kicking a field goal. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. The Matt Gay revenge oh, game. Yes. The Samson Abukam strip sack revenge game. Here we go. The Jake Funk rumbling for 120 yards and two touchdowns game. You're you're going to speak it into existence, JB. Former Rams (laughs) in Indianapolis. Yes. I like it better when our players go to the AFC and succeed because you know you can wish them well. Absolutely. Celebrate except this week. Yes. Okay. Short week, early window, East Coast. This is where Sean McVay has really made a name for himself as a Rams head coach. They have been superlative because history tells you that West Coast teams traveling to the East, playing in the early window, that is a massive disadvantage. Not so for the Rams. Since 2017 and a era that began with the win over the Colts for Sean McVay, they've been really good in the Eastern time zone. Nice. Wake up, eat eggs, play football, go home. Love it. See you there. For Marco Farr, I'm JB Long. Thank you for being with us this Thursday and every week for Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.